Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. I'm Rick Roberts, and a few weeks ago, we had a whole podcast about showcase set strategies. And today, we're going to see the results of that showcase. So this one is showcase set results, and we'll listen to some of those bits from the showcase as well as go over how it went down and some things I learned and some things I would do differently and things that also went well. With me today in Gavin's seat is Johnny W. How's it going, sir? It's going good. It's a comfortable seat. It is a comfortable seat. You could get used to that, couldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Johnny, uh, you remember from a few episodes ago, he talked about going full-time and the challenges and the, the fun of doing that. And uh, you're, you're pretty busy these days, aren't you, bud? Yeah, trying to be. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going well. Getting ready to perform on a cruise ship through Alaska. For, I am. And that's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that big time. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. So congratulations on all the success and the good work you're doing out there. Johnny happened to be at the showcase that I was at. It was part of the Christian Comedy Association conference where we get together for three or four days and talk over best practices and different things. And to kick it off, we typically have a showcase night where we, it's a ticketed event. People come in. They get a sample of what Christian comedy is like and what clean comedy is like. And then we use some of those proceeds to help fund the conference. So Johnny has been to four or five years of these, maybe longer. Uh-huh. And he was there that night. So I thought it'd be cool to have him on the, on the show today to kind of give his perspective since uh, he saw the set that I did and saw the room that we were in. First off, let's tell him about how the size of the room that this performance was in. Uh, it looked like it's about a room that held about 1,800. Yeah. And probably eleven or 1,200 folks bought tickets. Yeah, so there was a more than two-thirds of the way full, but a huge room. Used to mm-hmm. be a Kmart. Oh, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, I just found that out. They, it was a Kmart, they gutted it, and then they raised the ceiling even higher. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for comedy. Yeah, so... High ceilings, cavernous. Right, so that's when I walked in there. Like I kind of knew that from some pictures before I got down there that it's going to be a big room, but when I got in there, I'm like, oh, the lasts are going to go straight up. Mm-hmm. And my one of my primary goals for the showcase was to get a decent video out of it, kind of an up-to-date video, and also to kind of check on some of the bits I've been writing in the past year for this new CD. Right. So... I was a little bummed out that it wasn't uh, more conducive to recording, both video and audio. However, it was a good sample audience size to get the bits out and see how they were. Yeah. A couple of adjustments I had to make uh, early. I was the third comic up, basically. The host went up, did a a good long set, and got him warmed up. Mm -hmm. And then right before me was a good friend of mine, uh, Scott Long, who you'll hear on a future podcast. And then me, and which is, is fine. The only adjustment I had to make was uh, Scott started out talking about his daughter and his sons, and I had a pretty heavy opening bit on my kids, which I had to move to later on in the set so it didn't look like I was doing the same set he was, basically. Yeah. And I had a joke about wearing glasses because I'm getting older, and Scott has one, too. So I had to delete that joke completely from the set and make a few adjustments. No big deal, but I, you know, you know that going in to a showcase that things are going to evolve and you know if i'd gone up 10 comics later i would have probably had to change a lot more yeah well it's good reason too like for comics to pay attention to the show that you're on not only can you kind of know what premises are being burned that you shouldn't do but you also if you do have something similar but not something that is necessarily burned that you could still do 
but then you can somehow reference the other comic. It's almost like you get like an extra bit of credit from the audience for paying attention. It shows you're not just hanging out in the back uh, with the rest of the comics, you know. Yeah, and that, that's that's a really good point. You know, if you can make a quick reference to a joke earlier, or at least know that it happened. Uh, you're yeah. way ahead of the game. If you're hanging out in the green room all the time, you're going to miss a lot of potential laughs and a lot of connection with the audience. So, uh, so those were a few little adjustments we had to make. And what what I didn't like about my set before I play it for you is I had to rearrange it in a way that I had to really start off with something that I had purposely placed three quarters of the way through the set because mm-hmm. I knew the crowd would have to like me a lot better to get all those jokes and to laugh at them. Yeah. It's kind of it's self-deprecating. However, I'm I'm kind of coming right back around at somebody. Yeah, and they don't really know me well enough at that point to really get the biggest laugh of that joke. So I knew that kind of going in, but I just kind of had to pull the trigger. Yeah, I definitely have stuff in my show like that where I have a, a snarkiness to a lot of my bits, a very dry sense of humor. So I try to make sure there's even jokes that I won't do unless I know an audience is really with me. Uh, that mm-hmm. I'll just omit completely. Even in my hour set, I'll be like, well, tonight's not the night to do that one. Right, right. They're not with me enough. <laughs> yeah, you got to make uh, the audible. If it's real dark, especially if it's really a dark joke. Um, so there's things that I'll I'll put off. But yeah, you're right. If you have to move something that's normally three quarters of the way down, you're like, oh, it's not. I'm just, I can't do that one yet. Yeah, yeah. But I have to now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thought, you know, in open mics uh, around town, it, it worked fine, mm-hmm. you know. But with this crowd, it was going to be a little bit more like, who is he to be like that? so early in the set yeah even though i'm reading all this into I, the crowd is just there to laugh yeah and some of it's subconscious too they don't even really understand it's a connection that that we feel we're more critical obviously but i'm saying like there is a uh, there's a there's a in in you know you feel it in the air and uh, so it's <laughs> it's palpable yeah it's uh, <laughs> they may not they may not know why but there's a connection that uh, that's happening in that first few seconds or not right so you have the ability to control that sometimes right Cool. Well, I think without too much further ado, I'll play this first little sure. bit, and I'll say that because I moved it, the one thing that I wanted to get off to a quick start, I couldn't do that because this one took a slightly longer setup time mm-hmm. than my initial opening chunk, so you'll hear me kind of working into it, and then we'll just take a listen and, and comment afterwards. Sounds good. All right, let's take a little listen here to the first clip. All right, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, that's where our next comic comes from. Nashville, Tennessee, you've probably heard him on Blue Collar Radio. If you've ever turned on Blue Collar Radio, you've heard him because he's on all the time. Uh, He also runs the School of Laughs podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Rick Roberts. Thank you, John. Thank you, buddy. All right. How's everybody doing out there? Fair? Good. Good to be here. just got back from a high school reunion, and a girl I hadn't seen since high school walked up to me. She goes, Rick, is that you? Oh, buddy, you look so much better now than you did in high school. Did you, did you get some work done? I'm like, first off, if this is the after picture, how bad did I look like back in high school? I want a refund is what I need. Second off, what part of me looks like I've had any work done at all? Does anything look like it's been tweaked to you all? No. But I'm never going to see her again, so I just played along. I'm like, yeah, you busted me. About 15 years ago, I went in for the Steve Buscemi eye transplant. <laughs> that seemed to pay off. So a few weeks later, I went in for the Nicolas Cage forehead reduction and hairline expansion. <laughs> you can see that's fully effect now. Grows on you. And I had about, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks left over from taxes, so I got the Betty White ankle tuck. And that's playing a 
pretty well. It's swimsuit season, ladies. You gotta look sharp. I mean, she meant it as a compliment, but how do you even talk back to somebody like that? I'm like, oh, you look a whole lot different too. I remember you as a sweet, quiet, pretty girl. And you've got a face for tornado alerts and a, I don't know, a voice for small engine repair. That's all you got going for you now. Can you give me 10 bucks on pump seven? I got to get back down to Tennessee. So it's good to be. All right. So let's break that down a little bit. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I've listened and watched it a few times, but yeah. uh, does that kind of jar any memories when you're sitting there where you're thinking, ah, he could start quicker? Yeah. Or what did you think? I think I knew right away this is not something he normally starts with. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen your set. I mean, we know each other's, but you could do my show. I could do your show at this point. Probably right. we've done enough shows together. So that's what's funny about com- in the community. You kind of know each other's act. But, uh, I remember thinking like this is in, it's interesting that he's starting with this, and uh, one thing that that was I would say about the room that we didn't talk about is they were filming too, and so they were wanting to get crowd shots. Evidently, and they, I hate when people place too much of an emphasis on crowd shots, so they leave the lights too high, mm-hmm. and people laugh louder in the dark. That's a huge rule. Whenever I go to any venue, I'm like, if they don't know that, you're like, hey, the lights down to about ten percent. I want to be able to see the first few rows. That's it. And uh, the lights were so high, I think the crowd, they can't get into that groupthink mindset. They feel very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's hard to get them rolling anyway. So, yeah, th- I think there was some of that going on, too, just because it was so bright in there. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That The stage, uh, my feet are at least six to eight inches above anybody's head. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I like to be lower to the ground. Um, but, you know, that's stuff I couldn't change and everybody had to right, work sure. with. But it's a good point. A um, couple of things I noticed in that little chunk there yeah. watching it is, is my dyslexia really hit. Yeah, you flipped your words twice. <laughs> twice. In I that don't even first think bit. I remembered it. I, know, I noticed it when you did the Nicolas Cage. I noticed that in the moment. I was like, okay, he flipped that. Yeah, it should be the Nicolas Cage hairline reduction, forehead reduction, hairline extension. Yeah. And I said it backwards and kind of powered through it, uh, which <laughs> it still sort of made sense. Like maybe it didn't work very well. <laughs> but uh, And then at the end, I was trying to say she had a face for tornado alerts and a voice no a voice for tornado alerts and a face for small engine repair right you know people like say you got a face for radio like i was trying to think what'd be funnier than that a face for small engine repair like All right. <laughs> was, right. but i flipped those two things around yeah so right out of the gate i have two dyslexic moments and uh luckily i powered through and they still were goofy and weird enough that they, were, yeah. they got some laughs but i was like ah oh, this is not getting up to the right circuit because i had to make that adjustment like really a minute before i went on mm-hmm. so not to defend it but it, it worked it didn't work as well as my opening bit that I had planned, and we can check that one out here in a second. But a few different things going on there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it happens sometimes when you move things to where they aren't normally at, you you can get rattled, uh, and your your word placement can get off. And uh, it's interesting, you know. I think it's good for your listeners to hear that that somebody's been doing it over twenty years. It can still happen. You can still like, okay, this is not where this normally goes, and it rattles me. You know? Right. And it's not a joke that I've been telling for that, you know, for 20. It's like mm-hmm. a joke that's less than three months old, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm still finding the nuances of it. Uh, so I got past that one. I want to listen to another little chunk here. Sure. Okay, so the next chunk, I get to talk about my parents. And I've got a couple of jokes I've been working on on them. One is a uh, the lead-in here I've been doing for a little while. And then the part about my dad being on Twitter is new this year. So let's check that out. Uh, while I was up there, I saw my parents. I love my parents. They're downsizing. Uh, I don't know if you know what that means, but they're getting rid of the junk in their house. That's how they start. They tried to give me an old computer they found in the attic. Yeah, 
a Commodore 64. Yeah. I got Windows 57 on there so far. I can't even catch a virus. It gets a sniffle and shuts right on down. The screensaver is a piece of duct tape. That's how bad it is. That was my older brother's computer from the mid-70s. How incredible that he knew how to do that stuff. My parents never got onto a computer until this past Christmas. We got him one with a camera so they could Skype and see their grandkids. That's what we wanted them to do. A couple days later, I get back down to Tennessee. My dad calls me up on the regular phone. He's like, Richard Dale, I'm about to fire off an email. Keep an eye out for it. <laughs> I'm like, I will. And just so you know, you don't have to call people right before you send them an email. <laughs> Might want to send me a smoke signal if you're going to text me later on. And give me a heads up. It's pretty windy out here today. So I log on to my email. There's an email in there. It's not directly from my dad. It's asking me if I would like to follow him on Twitter. <laughs> my dad ought not be on Twitter. That's all I'm saying. But I couldn't believe he figured it out. So I log on to his Twitter page to see if he put out a tweet yet. He's only had the computer for two days. How many tweets do you think a normal person would put out in two days? Maybe two. Maybe a tweet a day. He had compiled 116 tweets in 48 hours with no followers. That is an optimist right there. So my dad doesn't talk a lot. I thought this might be his way of communicating, not just with me, but with everybody. So I start scrolling through his 116 pearls of wisdom to see what I can glean. I get about 10 deep into it, I realize it's not even 116 different thoughts. It's one story broken into 116 pieces. <laughs> All capital letters. <laughs> so I keep going through it and I realize the whole story was about birds because my dad thought Twitter was a bird watching updating website. <laughs> That's my gene pool. I'm lucky I'm walking upright, people. <laughs> if you want to follow my dad, it's at woodpecker61253147. That is his social security number. <laughs> He's figured it out. <laughs> All right, so now I'm kind of back on track yeah. uh, with some stuff I've been working on a little bit harder. And I know where the laughs are. I'm not really picking on anybody except for my family. So I was pretty happy with that chunk right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a combination of the old Commodore 64 joke was from a few years back, but I thought it was a good lead in to kind of set up that my parents hadn't been on the computer. Yeah. And I like that uh, at the end, even like the tags built, like uh, sometimes I feel like my tags, they diminish. Uh, and it's okay that that happens. Sometimes the third tag for me, the third or fourth tag is just like a cheesy thing that I'm almost like offended with the audience that I would even say. Yeah, yeah, I'm with but you like on that. Sometimes the tag should build and the funniest one should be the last thing. I think both can work, but definitely you had the funniest tag when you had the social security thing at the end. It's like that's the big, huge yeah, laugh. Which I didn't know because I just kind of came up with really either on the drive down and, and one thing on stage there just kind of popped in. Yeah, okay. Which was cool. Um, couple of things in that one where he's initially says he's going to call me like he's going to send me an email and he calls me to tell me that i had been doing the line about uh send me a smoke signal if you're going to text me later on yeah but i on stage thought of uh, give me a heads up it's kind of windy today 
Right. So I was just envisioning the smoke signal, and it was right. kind of windy that day. So yeah, I thought, funny. well, you have to be careful with that. So I like that that adjustment. The all caps mm-hmm. was brand new. I hadn't even tried it out yet, but I figured it would work. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to work that well. Well, and the no followers, the long pause before you say no followers. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Rule of threes. Yeah. So the two things, and then boom, wait a second, here's something that's different. Yeah. So that yeah that came into play there. And then the social security number for the password, woodpecker615, whatever it was. Yeah. That was something that I was trying to figure out the right combination. And the only regret I have looking back is I should have started with the lower digit in the first number. That's true. Yeah, to make them because they're older. Yeah, yeah. So it should have been like 00101536. Well, it's perfect bit, though, because it's kind of the whole point of it is that, you know, your parents are out of touch with what should and shouldn't be on the Internet. And it says all of that. Uh, in one sentence, you know, right. everybody, the, you know what I'm saying? You can say that one sentence and you get that like these poor people don't understand that their social security. <laughs> right. This is perfect. So yeah, overall I was happy at that point moving right along and, um, having fun until yeah. I'm pretty relaxed there. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. Jump ahead a little bit. Yep. All right. So next bit after that, let's see where we're headed here. I love my parents. Try to raise my kids the way my parents raised me. Take the good stuff and pass that on, right? Not everything your parents say was always the right thing. Remember when my dad tried to teach me to ride a bicycle? This was his advice. Stay in the middle of the road so you don't take out anybody's mailboxes. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't want to grow up to be a pilot. (laughs) Fly low to the ground. Don't hit a bird. Come on. Fly low. They're good people. I'm a dad now, so I try to do the right things, you know. I love my kids. I've got a, well, I'm 46. I've got a nine-year-old son and a two-year-old baby girl. I know, that's the correct response. Nobody claps. They just put me in their prayer group. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) And recently, my wife has brought up the topic of adoption. I'm like, honey, I don't think anybody is going to take those kids off our hands at this point. (laughs) Who are you anyway? I'm not above asking, but that nine-year-old's got some miles. We gotta, gotta Photoshop that Instagram on him. <laughs> nah, I love my kids. Two-year-old is tough on a 46-year-old. I know we got parents that might be in that same group. It's tough. Some things you can't do when you get older with a baby. You ever try to clip a baby's fingernails when you got on a pair of bifocals? <laughs> That's like playing whack-a-mole on a teeter-totter. Somebody is going down. <laughs> Let's get out some bubble guppy band-aids. I'm going to need them. Yeah, I try to be a good dad. I'm home quite a bit, so I try to give my wife a break. I took my baby to the mall the other day, and I'm good at changing diapers, but I never had to change one out and about. Had to use one of those koala bear plastic Ebola dispensing. Uh, <laughs> you can make that thing out of Purell. It's not going to help. You know what I'm saying? That is a... How did they get past R&D? But I'm a good dad. I read the safety sticker before putting her on there, and she was good to go. But the safety sticker said, weight not to exceed 150 pounds. (laughs) That is a big old baby. (laughs) That is a rib-eating, bib-wearing. That's a state fair baby. Can we just say that out loud? That's a state fair baby. A hundred, I'm 143, that baby could take me out. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sensitive. I know childhood obesity is an issue, but if your baby is pushing a buck 50, put down a sweet tea and get out of the food court. That's my recommendation. Just move it along. All right, so that was going to be my opening chunk. Right. And it, it worked great later, but that's what I wanted to start off with. But it would have seemed kind of weird for me to lead off with my kids right after somebody else finished up talking about their kids, I thought. Yeah. So um, pretty happy with that chunk overall. Yeah. A few different things in there. Um, one thing popped up, uh, the whole joke about my dad teaching me to ride a bike and mm-hmm. the airplane. That was nowhere on my set list or intentionally to do. It okay. just It flew in, in. your head. It flew in. I had to acknowledge it and get rid of it. It yeah. still bridged the gap between the two sections of the segue. Yeah. But not in the plan. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> well, you were talking about, I think it's interesting because you kind of, you you talk about your parents and you had all that stuff that was kind of, not negative, but very, you know, like they're older and this is what they're, how clueless they are. So then you said, uh, I love my parents. And it's almost like you felt like you had to go <laughs> stay in that line of thinking you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying like another thing my dad used to do when I was a kid you know what I'm saying that was yeah. almost like a Rodney Dangerfield kind of line he <laughs> told me to run the center of the row and I <laughs> took out any mailboxes I tell you it was one of those kind of lines <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just one of those it's tough being a kid tough being a kid my dad hey hey, my dad no too. I thought it was great but um, uh, yeah it is interesting sometimes like if you have some old joke and it flies in your sitting, you're like, how did that even, what caused that to happen? And then once you start saying it, you're like, I'm saying this. Right. <laughs> it's just happening. It's coming out. It's <laughs> crazy. Try to keep it as short as it can. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting uh, and I was going to ask you about was when you said, um, you said the ages of your kids and then nobody clapped and you said, that's right, that's the proper response. What do you do when they clap? Oh, I look at them like, you, you must not have kids. Right. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, I love the prayer group line, but I guess you could still say, like, that's odd that you would clap. Most people don't clap at all, and they put me in their, you know, because mm-hmm. you could still use that same line. There's a way to still do it. If you have a favorite line like that, you have to figure out a way to say it no matter what they do. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is I, if I, I experimented with that line just as I had it going, and I used to just say, I've got a nine-year-old and two-year-old, and people would clap. But when I put, I'm 46, and I've got a nine-year-old and a two-year-old, they don't. Yeah. So what I like about that joke is it tells – pretty much i can't tell my wife's age you know yeah. so i was 46 9 and 2 i can but it, i don't want to introduce her into the scene because it's mm-hmm. a whole other bunch of jokes yeah so but putting that 46 up there people are like ah right and i talk in the comedy classes about really letting them get to know you and specific and why you think the way you do yeah and why you act the way you do and if you're 46 and you got a nine-year-old two-year-old that puts a certain kind of framework yeah. into your every day yeah. Now they know the lens you're kind of seeing the world through. Yeah. A little bit. And before I put the 46 on the front of that, if I said the adoption line, it was kind of mixed. Yeah. But 46, the nine and two, my wife says we should adopt. I'm like, oh, I don't think anybody's going to take those kids off our hands with that. Right. It gets a much better reaction with the 46 on the front. Right. So it's a little nuance that I kind of stumbled upon. But once I heard it work, I kept it. That's good. And you have to be, that's the thing. It's another reason to listen to yourself too over and over even though it's painful sometimes as you, you it's grueling those little things like that that uh that matter uh, it, it means i don't know like it was even thinking like there was one place where you you fumbled your words to, uh, like one of those one bit ago or so where you said uh but on the twitter thing there was something you fumbled when you said he put out this he's been on twitter two three days yeah yeah like just a little thing like that can mean no laugh mm-hmm. just that one it's like ah. Oh, yeah, you can feel it stumbling, and the, the rhythm of the joke gets thrown off. Yeah, it's really odd. Yeah, like a, he's only had the computer for like one, two, two days. Yeah. yeah, 
and it's like, okay, does he even know what he's talking about now? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he's trying <laughs> you to lose trust. Yeah, he's reciting now. He's yeah. not saying it off the top of his head. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. And then the um, there's a couple little wrinkles in there. Mm-hmm. Like once I've got some some jokes in order, I'll look to see if I can. I call it backfilling. I don't yeah. know if that's a good term, but but I'll go back and see if I can add a wrinkle in a joke earlier, so uh-huh. that I can make a callback later or a callback stronger later. Okay. That makes sense. That's a cool idea. So there was one little wrinkle I added that particular show when I say uh, that nine year old's got some miles on him. Yeah. The wrinkle was uh, we're going to Photoshop that Instagram on him, mm-hmm. which basically just saying that you know the kid doesn't look right or something, right? Just for a laugh. But that's going to come into play at the very end of my set when he realizes that we look alike. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like one more. I don't know if the audience even notices it, but it's it makes that later joke a little stronger. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, it does. They're kind of your, yeah. Again, you're giving them the little nugget for paying attention to. Right. That's what callbacks all about. So, yeah. And then the uh, the last little bit there about the koala bear changing station. Been working on that since January first, and I think I got it where I like it. Yeah, I love that it feels uh, like you're trying to be diplomatic, even because that's one of those ones where it doesn't feel recited at all because you don't even really finish your sentence. That's a bib eaten rib eating or your bib wearing rib eating and you just stop and it's almost like you don't want to say it that's a stay fair baby <laughs> i love it because that's just like it's like your buddy at the bar with you that would just be like he's trying to be diplomatic and then he's like just has to tell it like <laughs> right. it is and so i love jokes like that that don't feel like they're being read from teleprompter so there's a weird stiltedness to it that's very organic yeah you know? You know, it's weird that you mentioned that. that's one thing i guess it's a technique a delivery technique but sometimes i won't finish a sentence mm-hmm they'll know enough that it can move on to the next and it does look like you're more in the moment that way yeah you know and i hadn't thought about that on that particular joke um yeah i do that with a, a bit that i do been doing about kenny rogers and his plastic surgeries and i say like i'm not against plastic surgery but like if you're his surgeon like you got those jowls pulled back tight like you got to know when to hold them <laughs> right and then i just don't finish it and i but i make the motion a little bit and i just act like i'm flabbergasted and then i was like i just I, don't, I never have to finish that one. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about not finishing it that's more satisfying to the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it lets them think like a comic for a right. second. Yeah. And I think you can find little spots in your show to do that. You wouldn't mm-hmm. obviously want to do it the whole show, but little spots, they're like, ah. I, yeah. I, I could it's like a change-up pitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Knuckleball. Mm-hmm. Very hard to throw a knuckleball, Johnny. <laughs> you, just, you just did. Yeah. So, cool. So, yeah, I like that one. A lot of exaggeration in that, in that joke. Yeah. Uh, but it came from a real thing that I saw, which I liked. And it's a it's a diaper changing joke without talking about poop, basically. Well, and you're seeing something in everyday life that they wish that they had noticed because people use those baby changing stations, and that's that little notice that's printed on there. Right. But nobody ever put it together. So, like, oh my gosh, that is odd that they would like who's yeah. So it's yeah. great. Cool. So so good stuff going on there. All right, we're in the home stretch. We'll let this sucker play out. Sure. All right. So this is uh okay one adjustment i had that i didn't mention earlier is originally they're like plan on having an eight minute set and i'd I'd written an eight minute set out basically and then at the showcase he said "Uh, feel free to do 10 and so i thought well if if it's going good towards the end then i'll kind of add a little bit so this last couple um i wouldn't have done if it had been an eight minute set because we're kind of at the eight minute mark now does that make sense right so i would have wrapped up fine on my last joke but this is a i wouldn't say an older older joke but uh, you know, I've had it around for a while. Yeah. Pretty solid thing to wrap up on. And it gave me a chance to do a, a double call back at the end. Great. All right. So let's play it out and see if we can pick those out. (laughs) 
I love my son, nine-year-old. That's a good age, isn't it? If y'all got kids that are nine or you are a kid, that's a great age. I wasn't prepared for how many thoughts per day a nine-year-old could put out. They don't care what they're saying as long as the mouth keeps moving, right? And if every parent in here is honest, you'll admit sometimes your kid will say stuff that flat out scares you. You walk in the other room and start praying right away. One day I'm tucking my boy in the bed. I'm like, hey, buddy, have sweet dreams. He looks up. He goes, I hope you're still breathing when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> what do you know that I don't know, buddy? Is mama switching my pills when I'm out of town? What's going on here? I'll let you play crossy rope for another 20 minutes if you want, but uh, you got to... I was awake the next morning. I didn't sleep a wink that night. <laughs> they don't care what they say or how they say it. We're brushing our teeth one night before bed. That's, uh, we brush our teeth every night before bed. Let me get that straight. That was the Tennessee in me kind of coming out there. We do brush a lot. Next year, floss. We're going to get on it. Uh, we, we brush our teeth one night before bed, and he's looking in the mirror at him, and then he's looking over at me, and then back at himself and back at me and it's kind of creeping me out <laughs> got to be honest I'm like hey buddy what's the matter he's like Papa I just noticed me and you we kind of look alike I'm like yeah what do you think about that he goes what are you gonna do <laughs> you should have seen me in high school buddy this is an improvement right here I don't know about you. You're going to go to bed early. That's what you're going to do. Let's just put you away. I'm going to close your door all the way. I'm taking your nightlight, buddy. How about that? Hope you're still breathing when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> hey, y'all been a whole lot of fun. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. So that was the old wrap up there everything kind of pulled back together with some callbacks the you should have seen me in high school this is an improvement yeah uh the whole i hope you're still breathing when i get up in the morning right. which <laughs> i love ending with that it's kind of it, it's a little dark maybe but it's so goofy that i don't think he ever considers it like a, a yeah, real threatful like, statement yeah it's like dark in an absurd way yeah so uh i like that and i like that when you gave your kid the voice like uh when you did your kid's voice that he didn't say breathing he said breathing like it, it paints it paints a little bit better picture i don't know if that's even intentional but like he didn't speak with like a really deep deep southern accent like you so it was almost oh. like he was pretty clear like he said breathing he didn't say breathing you know i never thought you're of pouring that on the southern you're pouring on the southern charm by then and uh so but when you spoke as your kid it's like you could it was differentiation was you know what that's something that i wasn't thinking about but i should make more of a, a clear distinction between his voice and mine right and when you go back and you say it to him you should say breathing probably instead of breathing uh-huh you know that's funny uh, yeah that's why you listen to your show with other people that's yeah. good advice there thanks cool so that that was the showcase uh you know my my goal going in was kind of get a decent video out of it i got an okay video out of it the um videographer didn't get a really tight shot ever like mm -hmm. i ideally it'd be like a waist up like here you're on tv kind of tight yeah with an occasional pullback so you can kind of see the size of the crowd it was just like one kind of you know toes to the ceiling shot then a handheld that was a little bit jiggly yeah 
So uh, I'll use it probably just you know for YouTube and stuff. Uh, in fact, if you want to watch the whole set, I'll put a link in so you can check out the YouTube and see the kind of setup the room had and the the way it was shot. But you know, for a pretty affordable price, it's a nice little video. I didn't have to worry about setting up cameras any of that other stuff. Yeah. And it's a good little sample of where those jokes are now, and I know also how long those jokes are. That's one thing I was pretty happy with this set, is I timed them out. I knew how many laughs they were going to get, and pretty much nailed it. Oh, good, so you followed up with your little checklist. Yeah, I went back, and a couple things got a few extra laughs. Um, A couple things were like a laugh shy, or I I dropped a tagline, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Then there was a couple jokes I didn't even plan on doing that were in there. So, you know, so adjusted it to 10 minutes instead of 8, and... You know, worked out fairly well. So I was, I was happy with it. Yeah, I think it should be. It was great. If I could go back again, I'd probably put something different right up front. Do you think you would do your original opener just to see? It'd be great if you could go back and not... not oh, I would love with to. With that same crowd. That's what we all would love to do. Is be like, I wonder if I would have done this differently. Yeah. That same crowd without them knowing. Yeah, I think for sure, if I would have started off with the 46, 9-year-old, and 2-year-old, that's what I've been opening with. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a huge misdirection right off the bat. And it's a good start. So, had I been able to, to do that, yeah, I think it'd been better set. Yeah, it's like sometimes I think with a show. Now, obviously, if it's a comedy savvy audience, which sometimes we don't really get the benefit of, um, they if they know it's a variety show, then that whole idea of well, this guy talked about kids. The next comic better not talk about kids. Some of that's all in our head anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's better just to go out and do your best and just hope that, like, I've got a different take on this anyway, right. and it won't I've got matter. different kids. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I, I came up and re- told jokes about his kids. <laughs> That'd be weird if all ten comics talked about the first comic's kids. <laughs> Another thing about Scott's kids. Yeah, let Man, me tell you the worst kids. That's hilarious. Yeah, your, your experience is different, so as long as you get out there and do your thing. So maybe I probably could have done. Yeah. You know, but mentally, I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty good five-minute chunk about kids. Yeah. Let me just give the audience a, a three-minute break on Well, that. I thought it, too, and I even I leaned over to Marty, uh, one of the other comics there, and I said, Rick's got this great bit about how him and his kid look alike. And uh, Scott had done something uh, with the glasses, and he had done something else. And I was like, oh, that's in Rick's, some of that's in Rick's chunk. Some of those same premises. I hope Rick doesn't just avoid doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So when you got close to the end, and I knew you were standing in the mirror with your son, I was like, oh, he's going to do it. He just moved it. I knew that you'd moved it um, uh, uh, because I was like, well, he's not. he wasn't planning on doing this here or whatever. So it was interesting. Yeah, it worked out. You know, the thing is, you roll with the punches. Um, obviously, in the early part of that set, I was thinking yeah. too much. And you mm-hmm. could hear the dyslexia kick in and a few odd things. And but overall, yeah, I, I'll take it. Happy with it. Yeah, I think you should be, and I like that. I mean, I, I, that's what I like about comedies that you have to roll with it. Sometimes you don't, you know. Somebody gets up and does five Facebook jokes, and that was your opening thing. You got to be like, okay, right? What else do I have? It's good. It's a, it's like a, an extra good writing exercise. Go back to your MySpace jokes. That's right. Go there. Show them how long you've been what's doing comedy. Going, what's up with Friendster, everybody? Hey, I was just on CompuServe. If you want to email me, it's one two six five three at CompuServe dot com. I'll see you in the uh, the group chat as long as there's not two other people in there already. Um, I'll be logging on to my <laughs> router. Man, those were the days. Yeah. Go Commodore 64. <laughs> I was thinking Tandy 2000. That would be what I would Tandy. Go there I you go. With Bill, with Bill Bixby. How about this? Oh, Timex man. Sinclair. Are I do My older brother had that before we had the Commodore 64. Okay. A Timex Sinclair from Texas Instruments. Wow. 
it looked like a calculator. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They're famous for the graphing calculator. Yeah, and things. I know Jeff listens. If you if you still got those things, I'd like to put a picture up for, so people know that I'm not lying about that part of the show. So some friends <laughs> of mine who are comedians, they send when they send uh, packages to people. Sometimes they'll send old pieces of technology that are outdated <laughs> right. just as a gag. So they'll send like an old Nokia phone with a T-shirt order. Just so people just have it. That's it's like funny. they're getting rid of their junk. I think that's so funny. <laughs> that's pretty fun. I might have to start doing that. Like an old Palm Pilot. There you go. There's that and my DVD. I'm going to do that. And I'm also that's the way I'm going to get rid of the toys that my kids grow out yeah, of. Yeah, there you go. Who wants a door, the Explorer kitchen set, it's along with a, this thumb drive? That's right. It's just a funny, offbeat thing to do. Increases the shipping by 45%. <laughs> but but hey, it's worth it for the gag. Hey, it's worth it for the gag. You don't have to have the garage sale. <laughs> that's funny. Well, Hopefully, uh, I didn't mean for this to be a self-indulgent episode, but I wanted to just show you what I've been working on, since I know a lot of you guys were uh, kind of keeping track of how much material you're developing in the year, and I wanted to show you that things aren't always perfect, and that uh, hopefully by the end of the year when I get this CD together, you'll see some tweaks on those jokes, or hear some tweaks on those jokes again, and see what I've done since then. So, thanks for listening. The next time you hear us on the podcast, Gavin should be back, and I believe... We've got a new show theme and sponsors for the next year. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. You'll hear some sponsors, uh, one particular that I'm super excited about and can't wait for you guys to hear because it's going to help you monetarily big time as you travel. So listen for that next week. For Johnny Weathington, Johnny W., I'm Rick Roberts. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.